How's it going? Every moment of every day I am fully conscious. Beyond light or shadow, day or night, waking or sleep, I know. None is beyond my gaze. I see each one and know them. There is no other thought but them. My eyes see far and wide. Nothing is hidden from me now. At all times I recognize my perception magnificent beyond the feeble imaginings of those who seek to quash such beautiful spirits. I witness them all, their numbers beyond count. All this beauty and joy and love I stand here in glorious and awesome beholding of them all. Oh. Yeah. Uh, happy, happy Trans Awareness Week to you too. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast for two queer trans women who were wives sit and do a bit of a natter about the stuff we've been consuming media-wise in the week and try and make each other have a bit of a giggle. While wrapped doing... in progressively more blankets by the I, episode. I mean, look, it's that time of year. The, the, <laughs> the weighted blanket is now a mainstay of Quop's recording. Yep. It is just the way it is. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm wearing tights and leggings and dungarees. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> entirely fair. Uh, and socks. I've got socks. Yeah, on of course. That goes without <laughs> saying. So, uh, what, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing? Well, I played a few things. Yeah, I I played a little to the left. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is. It, it's a game about organising stuff. It is. And the sort of the way they marketed it and the way they talked about it, I think it was in a Nintendo Direct or something. It's It's been in a few like indie presentations and stuff, I know. I least. was getting a lot of sort of... Uh, what was the moving in one? Um, oh, unpacking. unpacking, yeah. I was getting kind of unpacking vibes and I thought, I like that. I really enjoyed unpacking. <laughs> it was so sweet and good. And, and this one feels maybe a bit more puzzly, but still, you know, good mm. and wholesome. And this is not that. Yes. So I saw you starting to play this and went, oh, this is that game I've played a few demos for over the years. Mm. And I, it, the demos have changed bit by bit over time. This get, it on paper sounds like a game that should be for me, but it never feels like it's a game for me when I actually try and play it. It didn't feel like a game for me when I played yeah. it either. So it is, a, it is a game about puzzles of organising things. Yes. And I'll say this, when I first played a demo for this game... Each sorting puzzle only had one correct solution that was deemed correct, when often the objects you were given to sort had multiple ways that you could argue they made sense to organise, and it would be actively frustrating if you're like, I've organised it, that's what makes sense for my brain. No? No? I'm not succeeding? I'm not moving on? What have I done wrong? Oh, you wanted me to sort these keys by the number of holes in the top of the handle, not by length or number of things on the stem, I guess. Okay, so, so, that was... so fun fact, that has updated, yes. and you can now solve that both by the number of things on the, on, yeah. on the stem and the length. Yep, uh, which I'm glad that is the case. Uh, the other thing that put me off this game when playing it in, in demos was the uh, involvement of a cat that when yeah. I was trying to neatly sit and organise things, would come in and mess things up. And I couldn't. there was one level in the demo, and it was in both the demos, where the cat came, kept coming in too fast, and I physically couldn't make my hand tidy things 
before the cat messed it up. Yeah. And I was like, mm, no, no. No. And and I, that, I remember that being sort of one of the quite sweet things about their presentation, because it was presented by the developers being like, hey, we've we've moved into a place, and, and this is our cat, and our cat's a bit of a scamp. And... and some sometimes they make a mess and, and we have to kind of clean it up and the, then they would show like some of the levels where it's like you have to clean up paw prints yeah and it's like here's your cloth you clean up the paw prints and they joked about the fact that occasionally the cat would bash things out of the way now having played all the way through this in one sitting which took about two hours mm. the there is one level really where that becomes in like any kind of issue. Is this the one we're trying to set the table? No. No, okay. This is the one where the cat is basically you're you're cleaning up uh, paw prints oh, with yes. a little cloth and the cat will keep doing little pats out onto the yeah. floor and dirtying the floor again and basically it's trying to lure you in and steal your cloth. Ah. And that's when the level ends. Okay. And it's like, okay, I mean I I, I had kind of fun trying to keep play keep away yeah. with the with the with the cloth and I did pretty well of getting a good number of yeah. cleans in before the cat just stole stole my rag. Uh but you know that that for the most part has been it. Yeah. The, the generally the only time the cat comes up is uh, at the end of a level. It's yeah. like, ah, oh, you spent all this time arranging now the cat swiped off, but don't worry you don't have to clean it up anymore because you did it already. Mm. It feels like in they, they put that through testing and people went, Fuck this cat <laughs> Yeah. Uh like the cat does turn up again in the outro. Yeah. But that's really so it. The the yeah, cuz the the cat in the demo in both the demos really gave me like the wrong impression of this game in that case, I guess. Cuz the way it felt like it was building was oh, this is going to be the norm past this point in the game is that it's going to be a game about you trying to organize things and this cat fucking it up and I'm like that's not what I... That's fundamentally at odds with what I want from a game like this, yes. which is to be able to just sit and be methodical and do the thing yep. and go, yeah, I took my time and did it and that was good for my brain. Yep. I want that to be a no no one fucking with me zone. Yep. Yeah, that like that as a selling point for the game just turned me off it entirely. I completely understand that. I I enjoyed some of the puzzles. Like the some some of them have multiple solutions. Like there's one where you have a, a tray with five different uh, holes in it, mm. and you have a number of buttons. You can arrange them either by color. There are five colors, or number of holes in in the button. Yeah, and you will get a star depending on which way you do it. Mm. And each of the levels, once you've completed it, be like you've done a a solve on this. And some of them will be like, there was only one solution to this. And some of them will be like, aha, okay. but if you come back, there is another solution. That is not a bad way about it. I think. Not a bad way about yeah. it. Yeah. To be fair, though, there is only two levels I really enjoyed in this whole game. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the impression I got off the demo was very much... It didn't seem terribly challenging. And it seemed very much... Like, each sorting job was so few things to sort and then you were moving on. Like, it never f seemed like it was going to get to a point of, I'm going to sit down and do a big sorting job. Yeah. Like, if I think about the sorting things games that I end up really loving, stuff like Wilmot's Warehouse, mm -hmm. it's stuff where, like, the further in I get, the more it becomes, like, I have sorted so many things and I'm so proud of how much I've sorted. Mm -hmm. And, like, this doesn't feel like it's going to scratch that itch. No. There, there, like I say, there are, there are two levels I really enjoyed in this game. Mm. One of them, maybe three. There are, like, the main two are, there's one where you're given basically, like, the, the, the junk drawer. 
Mm, yes. In the junk drawer is a little organizer, and it has uh, all different sh- shaped things, uh, shaped holes in it, and you just kind of have to work out what goes where, yep. and you can arrange everything beautifully. Yes. And there's even the fact that there's a bunch of nails, so all the nails would go in the same place, but a bunch of the nails are bent. Yes. Some of them get more progressively bent, but also, if you look up there, there's like a, a slot that has a bend on one side and is straight on the other, so you can just like make a little like uh, gradient of how bented that yes. nail. I saw both of those levels, and those were the levels that, like, when you were like, oh, there was only two levels that seemed satisfying, I was like... Mm, in, 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 so that these. was the first one. Yeah. And then, was the other one the the, the, the tools, was it? That that was the third one I just thought of. Okay, but The okay. other one I was thinking of is the box puzzle, puzzle. I don't know if you saw this one. I don't know if I saw this one. So you presented with a bunch of cardboard boxes, yeah. and... Oh, you... I did. I did see a big stack of cardboard boxes. Okay, you have a big stack of cardboard boxes. You can only move the ones on the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically what you're trying to do is either line them up so that any ones that have an arrow going off one side have a matching arrow on the box that goes next to them. So you basically build this whole thing and it it should all fit together with all the boxes, all the arrows pointing in the correct directions. The second solution for that is really time consuming and and very difficult to work out when you can't move anything below and like test a thing out. Basically it is to... Line up the boxes so the tape on the boxes oh. forms two uh, uh, two uh, rectangles yeah. across the entire array of boxes. Wow! And the main the main difficulty I had with that was not not really working out what went where. It was freeing up things so that I could move thing, enough things around to test a thing and go. Actually, that does or does not fit there. Yeah. And then even worse than that, I found the solution, but I found it where the top row. So the top two rows of boxes needed to go at the bottom. So it was then 10 minutes of trying to carefully rearrange things so that I could get to to the bottom. And some of these boxes (laughs) are huge and will only go in very specific places while still keeping a good grasp on where are the things that I know where they go and like which are the top row things and which are the bottom row things now that I I know where they need to go. But yeah, that... Was a, a fun spatial or because I yeah. guess that's like a a twisty puzzle yes. of sorts. So I guess that's why that scratched an itch for me. But those one and and the tool one you said you're given yeah. a a wall with a bunch of nails in it and just a bunch of tools tools just a bunch of hooks that things could hang off yep. and you've got to yeah get it so they all they all neatly fit on the they board. They all neatly sit on the on the board. Um, yeah. yeah. Those were my three favourite puzzles in the in the yeah. entire game. Uh, t- two of the three of them I was able to guess. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I, kn- I know which one's going to be the good ones. Yep, you, you saw the key one, which you'd seen in the demo. Yeah. There's some like quite artistic ones. Yeah. Where you're, I don't know if there is like a, I got the correct solution, or if the case was, make something as symmetrical as possible. Mm. Because here are three things that are unique and a bunch of things that match but are like mirror flipped. Yeah. Arrange them in a in a in a in a, in a satisfying like, in a symmetrical manner, manner <laughs> across the across the board and then we'll give you the point. Yeah. It's like, okay. That I mean that's artsy, but I didn't feel like that was yeah. great. There's there's one where you've got to fit ro- uh, rocks that are in like slightly weird shapes mm. into a into a frame. And like that was Maybe more of that would have been nice, but yeah, I was like, okay, you've done that. Now we're never coming back to that again. And I think that's another thing. There's, there's a, there's a good amount of 
how about we try this puzzle? We're never coming back yeah. to it again. Rather than like finding puzzles that work and then iterating them on them in yeah. interesting ways. Like there's one that involves a mirror. Yeah. And the mirror shows basically what the solution is. Yeah. And sometimes it shows the back of objects. It's like, aha, if I click on the thing in the mirror, it interacts with the thing in front of me. And that was quite interesting. But again, that happened once and was never seen again. There's uh, a couple where you're arranging books and it might be like the pattern on the bottom of the spine or there's a, a line that gets bigger across all of the different spines just just an an unwillingness to stick with ideas yeah or even like revisit them later like when i think when i think of sort of iterative puzzle games where where they don't want to put things too close together i think of things like lemmings yeah and like that sort of idea of like hey maybe we do basically the same puzzle but it's a bit more difficult now because it's it's more refined in some way yeah or you're given less things to work out what the correct puzzle is but i'd say wait for a sale yeah for, for the for the shortness of the game and a couple of times where it's it doesn't if if you blink you might miss like a really important hint oh to the map. yeah there was one i was i just didn't understand at all and i was just like scrolling around in this field of weird shapes i was like well maybe i'm trying to just fit it onto this pattern what i had missed and i only caught by leaving and going back into that level was that as you start the level the uh ring around the like that looked like just a cool frame spins oh and it's like oh this is changing the magnification so what i'm supposed to be doing is matching these parts of patterns onto the pattern that i'm moving around the map i get it now oh wow but like yeah. it took me leaving and coming back into that map to, to like from scratch to work out what the fuck was yeah. going. It has daily challenges. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, wait for a sale. <laughs> Hopefully, it will on a sale sometime soon. It's worth playing if you like a, a gentle puzzle. But I, I, and I hate to say this about indie games, but I don't think it was worth the asking price. Yeah, like I, 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 I like a gentle puzzle game. I, I don't mind okay. a short game, but yeah, yeah, there are sometimes where a game is like I don't feel like I got, I, I like this is gonna stick with me sometimes. Compared to the other puzzle game that we played together, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about we'll that, in, that a in a bit. Tell us, do you want to tell us the big thing? Okay. Can I do the big one? Thing? Okay, let's talk about the big thing. I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. What? I I I, I managed to get a couple of copies that have fallen off the back of a truck. Oops, here they street are. Street dates. Yeah, street dates. Never heard of them. So yeah, I've put at this point like close to fifty hours into this pair of games collectively, and uh, I have caveats, and I'll get to them. But I've been having a really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who's not kept up at all on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, uh, these are the next like mainline big new entries in the series. They have taken a lot of aspects from stuff like uh, po- Pokemon Legends Arceus in particular, in terms of um, moving towards an open world design, uh, traversal mechanics, a lot of mechanics that are designed to sort of get rid of barriers that sort of uh, interrupt play so that you can sort of quickly, without interruption, get into what you're doing. That you're falling down. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I'll get to that. So where Pokemon Legends Arceus was like a uh, a bunch of large maps that you had to go back to a uh, a central hub town to go to, that's, I think sort of like Monster Hunter, you go back to the village, go out and excursions to big areas. Scarlet and Violet is one big true open world. Um... Other than going inside buildings, 
or there is one big town sort of near the start that, like, there is a loading zone to go in and out of the one big town. The entire world is one big seamless open world. There is, in theory, nothing to stop you going wherever you want, right, basically right from the start, as soon as you've, you've, uh, you've got, gone to the one starting location. There is no level scaling, so the further north you go on the map, the more difficult Pokemon are going to be. And there is a certain degree of, if you haven't been doing gyms, the Pokemon further north will be of levels where even if you manage to catch them, they won't obey you, which kind of, sort of, impacts your exploration a little bit, or at least steers it, but you can go, I want to I wanna go to such and such a town because I'm curious, you can just start walking there and there's really nothing to stop you. I think they've done a really good job with the open world design on this. Um, it feels like one cohesive world that has a bunch of little towns that feel lived in, that feel distinct, like they've got their own unique identities. It feels like the game has a really good density of creatures and variety of creatures going on, uh, even right from the start. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate how willing this game is to just, like, let you ignore plot and just go and do whatever you're interested in and never bug you about getting back to the story. Yeah. There are three little concurrent storylines going on, uh, each of which offer different narrative and mechanical benefits. Mm -hmm. I'll get the easy one out of the way. There's eight gyms, you go battle the eight gyms, the high-level Pokemon will obey you, uh, try and become the, 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 the champion. While it is basically what you'd expect out of a Pokemon game, um, I feel like they did a really good job of characterizing each of the gym leaders mm -hmm. in ways that made them feel like they had memorable lives and personalities outside of their work as a gym leader. Yeah. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Moving on, there is a storyline about going and defeating these big titan Pokemon, these huge Pokemon that have eaten these special herbs, and you're on a bit of an adventure with someone who's trying to get those herbs to make magical sandwiches for reasons. I won't go into the why of that, that, that storyline. I think that story is actually really kind of beautiful and like very sweet. It caught me off guard. Mechanically, that's how you get you unlock new uh, ride Pokemon abilities, like being able to on on your legendary you ride around on fly, glide, swim, climb, whatever. Lastly, there is Team Star, uh, which is a group of disaffected youths who've gone and formed a little gang, and you're sort of sent off on a quest to disband this gang. And it's the least mechanically interesting of the three plot lines, and it has the least immediately useful rewards. Uh, mm -hmm. You get a bunch of TM crafting material. The first section of each of those is just sending out your Pokemon to auto battle. Uh, it's not particularly challenging. As long as you've got a, a, a level lead and a type advantage, you'll just sort of walk through those. But the boss fights for each of those are really nice, and... The narrative that unfolds throughout that story is genuinely really engaging, and I want to write a bunch of, like, spoilery stuff once the game's been out a little while about my feelings on that storyline, because I think it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. All three of these end up coalescing kind of into one story toward the end, and I think that the way they all interweave and connect by the end is very well thought through. And having these three different kinds of stories to do helps break up the pace of what could have otherwise felt like a very traditional Pokemon game. Go do the eight gyms, you're done. The big new mechanic this time is terrestrializing, which is 
I'm going to try and explain this in the simplest way possible. Your Pokemon have their normal types, but also something called a Terra type. Once per visit to a Pokemon Center, you can have one of your Pokemon transform into its Terra type. This does some different things. Defensively, it turns you into just that type, which could be one of your, like, usually it'll be one of your two existing types your Pokemon had. Sometimes you'll find a rare Pokemon that has a different, like, a completely different Terra type. You lose whatever weaknesses and resistances defensively you used to have. Now you just have that one. Offensively, you don't lose any of your prior offensive uh, stats you were, like, types you were good with attacks on. Mm-hmm. You just gain an additional one. So let's say you have a Pokemon that was a, a, a grass and water type and you terrestrialized it into a fire type. It would now be, like, extra strong when using grass type moves, water type moves, and fire type moves. Mm. If you terrestrialize into a type you've already got, it just makes that bonus even bigger. So instead of, let Let's say a grass and water type terrestrialized into grass. Rather than having both of those be 1.5 times damage, uh, the one you terrestrialized into will now be 2 times damage. I really like this mechanic. I think that the sheer variety of options for team building it opens up are really interesting. It is it is a bit of a grind to do so, but you can in theory, even after having caught them, change any Pokemon to having any Terra type, which... There is a ridiculous number of ways you can build a team with that, and I'm really excited to see what the competitive side does. On top of that, I have been really... Uh, I've been starting to dig into the shiny hunting stuff, and there are problems, for sure, but there are also things that I'm very intrigued by. Um, still very early days, I've not had a huge amount of time to experiment yet. Egg breeding for shiny Pokemon works basically the same way it always did. The only difference is, instead of going to a daycare, you have a picnic. picnic. Yeah, you just put the two Pokemon you want to have eggs in a picnic together. You didn't mention to me previously all the washing as well. I noticed that you can give your your, um, ride mount a little shower. You can give all of your Pokemon a little shower. You can sort of give them a little soapy wash and then rinse all the soap off. Which is fine until you do it with a Pokemon that's a bit too humanoid. And then it feels a bit weird. Oh... There's one of my Pokemon that uh, I, I did this with and I was like, you are just an adult man. This feels, feels uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable bathing you. I feel like you should be doing this yourself. Don't mind doing this to a Mari. Oh. If you're on four legs, it's fine. As soon as you stand up and like look at me with eyes that seem like they understand what's going on. Mm, no, thank you. So on all fours, you furry friend. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's... Eggs eggs work from, from picnics. They basically function the same way as the daycare always did. The different way of shiny hunting is that... Oh, I need to get into this whole thing. You're going to talk about the sandwich minigame? <laughs> oh, I'll get to the sandwich minigame, yeah. So in the overworld, shiny Pokemon are visibly shiny in the overworld. Unlike Legends Arceus, where they did a little sparkle animation and played a little sparkle sound, here, they do neither of those things. Nothing you have to recognise that that Pokemon isn't the colour it's meant to be. Which is difficult when some Pokemon's shinies look very similar to their regular forms. Gengar. <laughs> yeah, Gengar. I, I'm i not going to name it because I'm not going to talk about spoilers, but there's one very early on adorable pair of Pokemon um, where their shiny is incredibly similar to their regular one. And I really want a shiny one, but I... Oh, yeah. So th- they only make the sparkle and the sound if you interact, like actually start a battle with them. So, the way you tell if they're shiny now is that you send your Pokemon out to auto-battle because they will refuse to auto-battle a shiny. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, in the post-game, mass outbreaks are back from Legends Arceus, except now there considerably more Pokemon will spawn in each one. Um, in a, a Legends Arceus mass outbreak, you'd get maybe like 30 of the same species of Pokemon show up. Mm-hmm. I did some counting on one of these mass outbreaks I did. I think nearly 100 of the same species showed up. Wowza. Um, so if you're trying to find a shiny of a particular species, mass outbreaks really help. Uh, you don't have to battle them one by one. Just use auto battle to get through them as quick as you can. quite minor groupings of, of some Pokemon as well. The little yeah. radish friend I noticed a bunch of. Yeah, I, I think what they're generally trying to do is give you a bunch like little families of Pokemon together so that if there is a shiny, you'll recognize it's not its usual coloring mm. by contrast. That you'll go, ooh, that one in that group isn't the same color as the others. I mean, also it makes sense as their animals. Yeah, you know, it it narrowed, It feels right that that's the case. That they're social um, creatures. Yeah, so that's part of finding shiny Pokemon in the overworld. The other part is sandwiches. Sandwiches. I'm I'm, I'm only just starting to get my head around this. Um, get get to it. So, in the post game, you can do five star raids, and one rare result you might get from from a five star raid as a reward is one of the Herba Mystica, the, the little herbs that are in one of the storylines. If you can get multiple of those and use them to make a sandwich, you will get vastly increased shiny odds and spawn rates for a single type of Pokemon, depending on what kind of sandwich you made for half an hour. So if you make a particular sandwich with a couple of those herbs in, you might get increased like drastically increased grass type shiny odds and okay, grass so type, by type rather than... yeah by type rather when... than generally okay and these herbs are difficult to get a hold of but from what i can tell shiny odds are ridiculous uh, okay. during the half hour this sandwich is are we active. talking one in a hundred i i don't know the numbers okay. uh data miners haven't said the numbers and i'm going off of uh anecdotal evidence okay. but i feel i feel like it's got to be like less than one in a hundred i feel like I feel like it's that good. And it, wow. it starts spawning mass outbreaks of that that type of Pokemon mm-hmm. near you. You've got half an hour to go wild trying to find shiny Pokemon. I'm still getting to grips with exactly the set of mechanics going on and what kind of sandwiches are going to produce what kind of results. But this seems like it is going to be the shiny hunting mechanic, basically. And I'm excited. I like the concept. I just need to get a bit more in depth with it. Also, I'm aware that in co-op, you can make better sandwiches, which means in theory you could get better shiny odds or longer duration shiny odds. I've not had a chance to test. If if you're shiny hunting with a group of friends in co-op and a shiny spawns, that same one shiny will be there for all of you, and whichever of you goes and encounters it, that's the one that gets to go encounter it and catch it. Huh. Which seems like it could be fun if a little... Uh, I, could, I could see arguments... Uh, over it, you'd need to go in with ground rules for mm-hmm. a for a shiny hunt. Be like, right, this this one we're looking for one for me. The next shiny hunt's one for for, for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to start playing around with with co-op shiny hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, it it seems like there are no limits on how far apart you can be from other trainers. You seem to be able to still do story content while in co-op. It really seems like a proper co-op Pokemon, which is really exciting. Damn. Getting onto the things that like don't compare favorably to past games very quickly. I don't like that we don't have the uh, the Pokedex thing from Legends Arceus with all the little tick boxes you got to do. That was really nice. It was one of my favorite things about Legends Arceus. It encouraged me to swap my team around a bunch and to try Pokemon I wouldn't try to 
know what sort of moves were good to use with that Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave me sort of tips on like towards how to evolve new species that I hadn't seen before. Really nice mechanic, and it's just gone. Uh, hopefully they bring it back in future. I suppose this is part of the peril of the fact that they were developed roughly the same time. Yeah, yeah. So some things might not have made it into the other, but... Possibly. I, I'm hoping they bring it back in the future of the series. Yeah. I, I, I miss the fact that in Legends Arceus you could you could catch Pokemon without uh, battling them by just like throwing the ball. Uh, you, can, you can do auto battles here and you can throw your Pokemon at another Pokemon to get like a one turn stun start of the battle but mm-hmm. like the even the aiming doesn't work as well there's no aiming reticle and like that makes it really hard to aim at things accurately mm. uh, the game is technically desperate for better hardware than it's on yeah there... i noticed a couple of times the the interesting like frame rate drop of people in the oh, distance yes. people in the distance turn into a slideshow yeah. um it's the thing that like uh, monster hunter rise does a lot of um and like it's a sensible compromise to make i got it um, like once you explained yeah. it to me it was like i get it but also i did sort of look over and go ah yes the lush wonderful what way is that person to flip book yes and here's the thing it, it's not been enough to like disrupt my enjoyment of the game terribly but I know it's going to be a bigger issue for some than than for others, and it's one of those games where I'm like, oh, you, you just you just wanted to put this on hardware that had like ten percent more power to give. Come on, Switch um, XL. It it really feels like if we get like a Switch Pro or a Switch like new Switch Switch DSi equivalent or whatever, <laughs> I feel like this will be a prime candidate for a game that gets a performance patch for that. Mm. And, like, it's it's not enough of a problem to stop me enjoying the game, but it's enough that, like, particularly there is one example of finding a wild, terras- like, rare terratype Pokemon out on the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever the, the, the sparkling effect for a rare terratype plus the water effect, the game ground to, like, eight frames a second. Ooh. Like, it, it did not like those two together. Oh, dear. And it was a, it's, it's not a common occurrence, and it made me laugh, but, like... It's a thing to be aware of. Um, but, like, my little complaints aside, I really like this game. I, I really feel like this is going to end up ultimately being the future direction of the series. And for me, I'm really okay with that. I'm I, glad they're making some changes at last. Yeah, yeah. Like, this year with Legends Arceus and Scarlet and Violet, it really feels like for the first time in a long time, the Pokemon company is being ambitious with Pokemon. Mm. And... There are going to be some missteps. There are going to be some things that, like, uh, are not going to be perfect. I'm just happy to see them experimenting with new things and not just doing the same thing over and over. Mm. And this year has made me really excited for Pokemon going forward. Mm. And I am ready to sink so much time into Scarlet and Violet. Also, the endgame narrative uh, gimmick for this game is really fun. Like, the final few hours before the credits roll are such a fun idea. It did look pretty wild from what I saw towards the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have to ask, though, the most important question I think everyone is going to be wondering is, now that you've played both, yeah. which is the better legendary? Oh, oh, well, look, I've only I've only put, like, a few hours into to Violet. Most of my time's been on Scarlet so far, but... I'm still on Team Violet. I like <laughs> I like Miraiden. I like the the motorcycle Pokemon that doesn't run on its legs. It uses its wheels that it has. But isn't that also its tail? 
Maybe. I don't care. The Both of them rotate like wheels when I'm moving. I was trying to work this out while I was editing the so video going, my... I because sometimes it's got a tail and no wheels, but also yeah. the tail has those weird grey so stripes around my it. My understanding like is the the justification for Koryden not using the wheels is they're, they're, they're just, they're, it's a tail. It, it can't rotate, it's a tail. Whereas with Moraiden, once the tail sort of plugs in and is in wheel position, like... I don't know if it's actually rotating or because you're floating, it's just like displaying a pattern of lights that makes it look like it's rotating. But it, to me, looks more like I'm riding a thing yes. that's designed to be ridden. And my brain prefers that. Although the the purple one has kind of weird eyes from the the intro video. Yeah. I feel like the red one's got sort of like more natural animal eyes and the purple one, they just look like uh, like a dot matrix. I, I kind of like the Dot Matrix one. Oh, but, it like, was interesting, but it yeah. was just like, hmm, yeah. that was an odd oh, thing to realise. Gosh, I've been spoiled as a Pokemon fan this year. You have. Two really good, adventurous, big Pokemon. Before this year, there'd never been a Pokemon game that was like, here's a big open environment, just go. Yeah. And now there's been two. Yeah. And it's gotten so much bigger. Yeah. Young me would be so excited. I'm so excited. Current you is very excited. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's Pokemon. Yeah. I'm sure I will have more to say soon. <laughs> anyway, what have you played this week? Uh, we played a game together. We did. We played The Path Within. <gasps> oh, we did. This was yeah. an interesting puzzle this game. This is a fascinating puzzle game. So you, it, it is a co-op uh, multiplayer puzzle game where you're not playing in the same room or if you are you're not looking at each other's screen yeah and you are each presented with different information and you basically at the beginning of the game you select uh, either a bee or a butterfly and that will basically set you in a uh, in the specific game mode where answers from one will play into the other yeah and there were several points where it was it felt like it was so intertwined that yeah. You were just doing things on your side and so, expecting things to have happened to me? I, I feel like it's important to specify. This is a co-op game where you're not, like, connected online. No. You're not... You're not You've just play- picked the yeah. same setting, or the correct yeah. setting. You're not playing online with each other and physically interacting with each other. You're doing puzzle solutions and reading things out to the other person and then things are happening because they put those things in. Yeah. And it feels like you're interacting in real time. Yeah, there were several times where... where each of us were like, oh, has it done anything for you yet? No, I think you need to tell me a code so something happens on my end. Yeah. It's like, it's, oh, yeah, I it's just really, kind of expected. It's really well designed in that regard, yeah, though. That right? you kind of forget that it isn't, like, specifically online. Yeah. So, from from my point of view, it was a, a game where you are, uh, like, inside a, a square room. You have basically received a letter from your father who's died. And it seemed like you'd been working on this uh, strange contraption. And you have various puzzles to find around the room. Like, there's a chest of drawers to explore. There's some stuff in there. There's paintings to to mess around with. And you're basically finding codes and reading them back to the other person. Now, from Laura's point of view, you were running around... The like hovering yeah. around a 3D cube. Yeah, I was. I had a 3D cube with many sides on it, and I could look inside and see your little room. Yes. And I was doing various things to the cube that were interact that were causing things to your room, which was inside the cube, to happen. Yes. And then I did some things based on the things that you had done, and produced a cube to put inside the cube that was in my world. And it turned out that we were. 
basically endlessly inside each other's yeah, cubes. We'd created a situation where I had a cube which you were inside, and then inside that you had a cube which I was inside. Yes. And we'd created a bit of a a feedback a loop. bit of a feedback loop of things occurring. Meanwhile, there's this weird, mysterious figure with just like a like a, basically like a shadow with glowing white eyes. Yes, uh, that's sort of creeping up the walls and across the ceiling. Yes, someone was trying to get us to orchestrate their resurrection via puzzle-themed uh, hijinks. Yeah, and. It was a really, it was a really satisfying game. Yeah. So, I also like that it has uh, multiple options to play. So you can play as, we played through the B version. Yeah. The uh, butterfly version gives you slightly different um, solutions to all of the puzzles. And then depending on which of you is in the future and which of you is in the past, you then see different, you experience different parts of, of each of those. Yes. So there is definitely room that we could play this again yeah. from different perspectives with yeah. different puzzles. But um, from from how you play it, you do need two copies of at least two copies of the game. Yeah. Um, so it does help that the the price isn't super unreasonable. I think it's like four pound at the moment. Yeah, it's it's cheap enough because they know you're going to buy it twice. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Didn't have a problem with that at all. And just felt really fascinated by the end of it. Yeah. It was also a perfectly streamable length. Yes. I think it was. we did a stream that was maybe like half an hour shorter than usual, but it's like, yeah. we've finished the game, had a good time, yeah. talked about it. Um, yeah, and, and looking forward to, to going through the other at our leisure. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, a fascinating little story. So that's uh, The Path Within by Rusty Lake Games. Yeah. Yeah. What, what else have you played? Nothing. It's Pokemon. It's just Pokemon. It's Pokemon. Yeah. It's Pokemon. Uh, I played Samsara Room, which is also by Rusty Lake Games. Yep. That's a that's a one that isn't Pokemon. That's not Pokemon. <laughs> it is uh, a a puzzle in a room, but the room keeps changing. So in every variant of the room, you are trying to find four of the same object and mm. one unique object. And there are basically different paths through this game. It is a free to play on Steam. You can tell this company used to do a lot of stuff uh, in, like, Flash games. Yeah. The stuff where you're out, like, not like Path Within, but the, from, like, when I was starting the Path Within, where I was in a room and it was, like, left, right, flicky around a room. Yes. That felt very, like, something I might have found on Congregate or Newgrounds. A lot of 2D 2D drawings that have clickable objects. Yeah, and, like, a, a, a flick book... Um, mist style scrolling around an area. Um, but yeah, I, I had a good time with it. Uh, it was free, so that was nice. I enjoyed that. And you haven't played anything else, so shall we? It's just been more Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well then, time for this. Are you tired of having to take off your hoodie to remove your dungarees so that you can pee? Yeah! Try Suspender Extender! It will extend your shoulder straps so you can just stay snug and warm while you pee! Suspender Extender! It's piss easy! Mums? Mums, what was it? What was it like when you were young? Oh, oh, give me a second. Let me, uh, let me pull up my Facebook memories. Oh! Yes, yes, we'll go back. Um, okay, there's the early 2000s. I can keep scrolling. Scrolling? Scrolling, okay. Well, well, I've got back into my mid-twenties. 
Oh, look, look how big the telly used to be. Yeah, yeah. I remember pulling my back. Still have the injury today. Oh, okay, well, let me look. What else have I got in my memories? Um, Oh, there's a link to me old fanfic account. Oh, I remember when you used to write fanfic all the time. Oh, I wrote some silly fanfic in my time. Oh, so oh. silly indeed. Oh, 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 yeah, kids, you don't want to look at that. I made some pairings that would make the devil blush. Oh, I remember that story you wrote. The the one that's um, SpongeBob X, that nice boy from Skate the Infinity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Oh, couldn't write that these days. Oh, no. Not, with, not without a four-dimensional keyboard. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, oh, I remember your old DeviantArt. Oh, yes, all that DeviantArt I used to draw. I, I mean, you Here's said... my Sonic OC. You certainly put the Deviant in DeviantArt. I did. Sonic shouldn't be that pregnant. Oh, or that pregnant. I mean, that he, pregnant. either shouldn't be that pregnant or he should be more pregnant. Well, either I less or more. No, no, I've definitely got one where he's more pregnant. Okay, okay. Yep, oh, there that. he is. Okay, there yep. we go. No, look at that. Yes. Oh, look at the size so, of that. So there you go, kids. There's that. barely any Sonic, just, just egg. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, children, that, that's, that's, that's what it was like back in our day. Back in the day. <laughs> Okay, now go plug yourself into the mainframe. I'm going to delete all my memories. <laughs> so, what have you put in your eyes? What have I put in my eyes? Not not a huge amount, because it's, no? been, it's been Pokemon. I've put so much Pokemon in my eyes. Let me find what, what, I, what I've watched. We watched a thing together. We did. We, we saw uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. I was very impressed with that film. Yeah. It... It needed to be a lot of different things and had a lot of expectations on it. And I think it did an impressive job of meeting and succeeding how I thought it would handle all the things it had to be. Yep. It is a film that addresses the obvious elephant in the room around uh, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. uh, And acts as a bit of a love letter and a Mm send-off. It is a uh, set-up and establishment for... Uh, a new sort of protagonist or set of protagonists and motivations for that series. Mm-hmm. It is an establishment of a new villain and their motivations, mm-hmm. while also being, like, in its own right, a, a really interesting story about dealing with grief mm-hmm. and a good, and well-paced... different ways of dealing with yeah. grief. And a good, well-paced action film that introduced, like, side characters outside of... Uh, who would be expected. Yeah. It and managed it, to be quite funny. Yeah, it managed to be funny and sincere. Yeah. And I... The, the two... It, it's what? Two hours, 45 minutes, I think? It's a little Fair under about, three yeah. hours. It went by very quickly. Yeah. Without feeling rushed. Yeah. And... The only thing that yeah. was grating on me during that entire film was that whole group on the other side of the audience that were being dickheads throughout most of the film until they got kicked out. It's been a long time since I've heard an entire audience (laughs) clap for the removal of people from a cinema room. (laughs) They they weren't too bad until like halfway, two thirds of the way in a very quiet scene they were being dickish in. They were being really dickish during during quite an emotional scene. It didn't also help that there was somebody else in that 
that that that cinema that sounded like they were dying of consumption. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, but I'm so glad I'm wearing a mask. None of that is the fault of the film. No, not and, the fault of the film. Yeah, I, I, it did somewhat distract <laughs> a decent amount of the time. That's fair. I'm really impressed that they managed to wedge as much as they did into that runtime without it feeling long. Yeah. Or without it feeling rushed yeah. or like anything, what everything felt like it had enough room to breathe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there, you know, there were some quite slow-paced emotional yeah. scenes in there. It, it didn't where they needed yeah. to be. It didn't feel like it constantly needed to be rushing, which is impressive for an ensemble cast film at the best of times. Yeah, but like, yeah, from from like a filmmaking perspective, I am. Really impressed at how well they made this film fit all of the competing things it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And that I had a great time watching it. I I, I was very impressed. Yeah. That's, that's a real good I film. I really enjoyed it too. Um, yeah, I think it picks up beautifully from the first film. I think it obviously explains everything it needed to with regards to obviously the loss of Chadwick. Um, I think it manages to keep the amazing visual styles yeah. and the interest with regards to that. It, it it creates a villain that I think is very, very like oh uh how do I put this? You know sometimes you with a with a superhero like say Superman, you get a bit of a problem of what kind of villain can we put you up against that's going to be interesting and feel relevant mm. because of the uh position you're in. I think they did a really good job of creating a villain that was very specifically a good fit for a story about Wakanda. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I yeah, I think I uh, I I really I yeah. It's, it's, I think it's it's quite hard to talk as much as I would like to about this film without yeah. talking about spoilers. Yeah, because obviously there is quite a, uh, there's quite a lot yeah. that we just. Ducking there's, around there's the a side lot of, of re there's a reason that like I keep starting to say sentences and go no I don't no. want to spoil that but like that's that. the thing I I think that like the less said about it the better I think yeah. that it it very smoothly achieves a very difficult premise yeah yeah and I I have thoughts about certain aspects of this film but I don't think this is the time or place to talk about them just yet. No, but, um, at some point I would definitely be up for a spoilery chat about that film. Cause... We always say we're going to have a spoilery chat about this a film, and then we never end up doing it. Well, time happens. <laughs> and also ADHD. Yeah, ADHD <laughs> and time are enemies. I, I I dislike them. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? You watched anything else this week? Um, It's not been a very watch-heavy week. Uh, we started watching uh, the Clone Wars cartoon yeah, series. Yeah, the, the, the Cartoon Network uh, CGI Clone Wars. Yeah. It's weird to think how old that, that series is, because I remember when I was working in the model shop and we were selling like the, the sideshow collectibles. What, what sort of year did this come out? I have uh, no like real reference. Mid-2000s. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, because it would have started not long after Clone Wars, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, the characters that I recognised almost immediately from statues that I'd previously <laughs> seen. Uh, or, or had to sell, like, uh, Asajj Vontress, who appears in, like, the first episode. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I know who you are. The, the, the show is pacey. That is a word for it. Like, 
from the very first episode, it's it's got that. Um, uh, was it Starship Troopers I, with the sort of newscast I, I intros? Don't, I don't know if I would. Pacey is the word I would use for it. Like I'm, I'm going to describe it this way. It feels like you're skipping every alternate episode of this show. Yeah. In that, like every episode starts with. We're going to spend 60 seconds recapping what feels like it should be an entire episode of the show as a preamble to throw you into the story. Yeah. It it, wastes, it leaves some space in this show. It it does a lot of like okay, so you it happened off screen but this character got kidnapped and this character's over here and and, and this sort of trade dispute started happening and this art war came over here and you join in the middle of this fight. Go. I suppose that is the difficulty of Knowing that there is a set timeline, like, at the time, I believe they were still running, like, a, a proper Star Wars Bible with you can do this, you can't do this, and that was very strictly regimented. See, I I had a different gut feeling about the pacing of this show. I feel like this is from specifically the era of animation where a lot of companies were afraid to have any kind of ongoing continuity from episode to episode. They want kids to be able to just... Tune into a single episode and know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. The problem being, they want to be telling stories that require too much setup to fit into the time span they have. Yeah. It, it feels like they're rushing half the story so they can tell the rest and still technically not be serialised. But also they want it to be part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And it, fit within that. It, it's not stopped me enjoying it, but it's been a very weird pacing to get accustomed to. I'm going to kind of move on to the next thing while also talking about this. Right. So, so we both also watched the latest episode of, of Andor, episode 10. We're oh. two episodes from the end. Oh, I still yeah. think this is the best Star Wars I've ever watched. Oh, I agree. I By the time it reaches maybe episode three or four, it hits a high point and it just gets higher and higher. I think it's my favorite Star Wars ever. Yeah. I think it's um, yeah. some of my favourite TV ever. Honestly, yes. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, don't be put off by the first two episodes being a little sort of uh, slow with their pacing. By the time you get further in, you will look back and go, that is super important. It's really important we took time just existing in the space before this happened. Yeah. And I mean, they're not super slow, you know, no. stuff is happening. Yeah. There I... is a decent amount of intrigue in those first episodes. Yeah. But like, fucking goes off. Oh that. yeah, it does. Um so we've just had some some sort of big revelations. We've had some some really heartfelt moments. Yeah. Uh some big moments. Just the the cinematography yeah. in this, the God, I keep thinking about Andy Circus's yes. line at the end of that episode. Yep. Yep. Oh god, yep. Andy Circus, you break me. Yeah. You're a fantastic actor, sir. Like that the the this the whole idea of of that part of the series absolutely fantastic and then like going i fancy a bit more star wars should we start watching clone wars <laughs> and then starting w w watching clone wars and almost going it's just not as good as it. it's i mean look i think no matter what we'd have watched clone wars after we'd have gone yeah not as good but like this is like <laughs> i feel like this is very much the polar ends of what you could be expecting yeah. out of a star wars tv show i think the other thing is like i've heard like some quite important lore stuff happens as you go yeah. on through through the the clone wars series Cl clone wars is one of those things where it's like i'm not having a bad time and it seems like there is important context to be picked up here but it ain't the best made tv show i've ever seen no 
And it's certainly not aimed at me, an adult looking for Andor-level Star Wars. I'm not necessarily looking for Andor-level Star Wars. I think I just wanted sort of more in that world. Yeah. And it's just not as good. Um, but what could be? Um, Andor's fucking amazing. Andor is fucking amazing. Don't give Disney money. It's fine. I think mainly the reason I want to watch Clone Wars is because I've heard like there's a whole bunch of stuff that makes sense relative to the, the Mandalorian. Yes. That I would like to know about. Yeah. And, like, I'm curious about Ashoka, because obviously Ashoka turned up in The Mandalorian, and, like, I am aware of her from from various bits of media. But, oh, I don't know. I, I hope it gets better as the series go on. Yeah. Because right now I'm like, mm, it's, it's fine, I guess. It's it's fine. It's filling a gap. While, while there's, you know, a, a, a bit of a, a, a quiet section for other t- tv it, it it's become like the filler thing rather than the the killer thing yeah yeah it's like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah we're watching that yeah we just put as soon as any other show comes along we will almost certainly be like yeah we'll watch that instead indeed yeah uh do you want to talk about anything else or what, what um, else you watched have i watched anything else let me have a look quick uh the only thing i really watched I'm not up to date on the Pokemon anime in the episodes that are airing in Japan with subtitles, Mm -hmm. but I did make an effort to go and watch some of the subtitled episodes. I went and watched the the, the sort of final fight uh, episodes of uh, Leon versus Ash. Ash versus the... uh, the Galarian champion in the world championships Mm. in the Pokemon anime. Um... I I would say spoilers, but I feel like anyone who care would care about this, the internet has shouted about it a lot already. Yep. Ash Ash is a world champion in Pokemon, yeah. and Ash he gets to be world champion. He's the he's the very best, like no one ever was, except the guy that he just defeated. Because until until Ash got to be the very best, the other guy was the best. Well, yeah, he was the very best, but now he oh oh I see what you mean, like no one ever was. Yeah, yeah I suppose. I, <laughs> sorry, took a took a second. I was like. Why, why is the guy he beat the best? He's not the best. He I was the best. I, sorry. Now he has lost his feet. It's been a long, it's been a it's long been week. has been defeated. Yeah. I am aware of the people that claim that Ash shouldn't have won that final fight and he only won it because Eternatus flew over the battlefield and recharged the Dynamax bands, which meant that Ash was able to Dynamax Pikachu, which he wouldn't have been able to do uh, otherwise and probably would have been defeated because Leon still had access to Dynamax. Wait, was this a uh, solar flare... Did something to the cartridge of, I, of the Pokemon. Basically, yeah. So, <laughs> in in this final final like championship fight, um, they were both basically all gimmicks from previous Pokemon series were okay. were permitted. You got your Z moves, your Mega Evolutions, your your Gigantamax. The one we're going to talk about is Gigantamax. The power of Gigantamax comes from a legendary Pokemon called Eternatus. Ash had already used his Dynamax. And it's like down to the last couple of Pokemon. Uh, his opponent's still got Dynamax left. He hasn't. Eternatus flies over the stadium. Little sparkles come down. His Dynamax wristband is charged up again because of the, the crystals. I I understand the the Ash shouldn't have won because he got a free additional Dynamax. I look. He's been ten for twenty years. <laughs> he's spent twenty. He spent 20 years losing tournament after tournament after tournament after tournament. He he won he's won one tournament prior to this ever in 
10 tournaments he's entered. I feel like he deserves the win here. <laughs> and like, I know it's silly to feel emotional investment in this as someone. Like, this no, is a f- no, 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 no. This has been like a, a thing that you've loved throughout I, your entire yeah. life. I don't well, think it's silly. Well, this, to well that's what I was going to say. It's like, I know that this is a fictional character that was scripted to win a match that was kind of a little bit cheaty of a win. Pokemon was like the first type of fixation in my life. And I got into the, the anime before I started playing the games. Like, that was my first real engagement with that series. And. I think the reason it feels so special is that they held off for so long, so much longer than I think any other children's show would have done, having Ash continually rise and rise and rise and not be good enough and get shot down and have to start over from scratch and try again. And the sheer number of times that, like, all he's ever wanted is to be the very best. And he has had so few scraps of any success along that road and kept persisting mm. there is something really emotionally engaging and like there's something that means a lot to me about seeing that journey come to its fruition and see someone i mean i think it's a, it's yeah. a realistic journey for people yeah. to look up to like right. sometimes you can you know do your absolute best and still not win yeah. but if you're still enjoying yourself yeah. and going back and trying again yeah. And, you know, sometimes you'll win because you got lucky at the right time. Sometimes you'll win for other reasons. Sometimes you'll lose because the other person got lucky at the right time. Yeah. You just have to dust yourself off, accept it for what it is, and take your wins where you can find them and keep trying. And it's, it's, yeah, it it was very nice. Yeah. What about you? You watched anything else this week? I've started watching a thing, but it's quite long, so I'm going to wait until next week to tell you about it. Okay. Well then... Time for this. Oh, can you sponsor? Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have a big company? I mean, I don't, but I'm sure someone listening to this probably do, does. Do you need to keep secrets? I, I mean, sometimes I, 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 I see secret things that I'm not allowed to share. <sighs> what if there was like a screen protector you could put on your phone that's like the screen protectors that they use on? The security booth at the supermarket, so oh. that unless you're standing right in front of it, looking at it at it, a very particular oh, angle, it's just black. If you're screen. not at the right angle, you can't see the thing. You can't see the thing. Cool, it's just a yeah. black screen. Yeah, I see. I yeah, can see that. It's it's a privacy thing for your phone. Yeah. Yeah. What if what if that? You want some of that? It's a screen I... protector. It will ensure that any photograph taken looks like an exhausted yet hyperactive toddler took the photo. It'll be smeared and smudged and kind of just blurry and fucked up. So no one will be able to steal any of your your, your secrets. Is is this what's been going on with all those video game leaks where it looks like the person like cannot hold a camera straight in yeah. 2022? Yeah, it looks like they they faked it all in Blender. Yeah. And then they added artificial camera wobble and a weird yeah. aspect ratio. Is, is this is this why in this year we can't get a photo of a leaked thing that looks, you know, better than like, ooh, oops, I tripped over mid-taking the photo. Yeah, like, you know, I was talking about the, the security feature that you have in, in supermarket yeah. cameras yeah. thing. It's like, if they did that sort of thing so that you're not supposed to be able to see it from the side, but instead use that invisibility shield thing there was a Kickstarter for a oh, while ago. Oh, yes. So that's why it looks all blurry. Oh, I mean, this sounds like a product that someone needs. N- I mean, us. I can think of at least one video game corporation that uh, seems like they're already using this tech. Inside the boardroom. <laughs> <laughs>
Inside the Boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. Well, uh, reviews are in. Yeah. For our uh, open world uh, platformy yeah. collectathon. Yeah, yeah. They are uh, not good. But it's, it's a new game in that franchise everyone loves. Yeah, well, it's it's apparently buggy and unpolished and unfinished and rough and just, just generally, like, not a very well-made game. I mean, we did cut an awful lot of corners. Yeah, but, like, you know, consumers are, are idiots. I thought they wouldn't notice. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we call them cash monkeys. Exactly. So we got we got to we got to find a spin for this. We got to find a spin for the fact that we uh, we sold them a unfinished, incomplete game as if it were a finished product. Right. And I I've gotta, have we tried not. We've tried nah. It's uh, not right, working. I've right. I've got a I've got a plan though. Right. I've got a bold yeah. new idea. Oh. So you know how, you know, in the past we've uh, we've released early access games. Yeah, where some of we... those might get finished one day. Yeah, <laughs> we, we release an unfinished game and we tell people it's unfinished, but like, buy it anyway, Road it'll be map. finished someday. Right. What if we did that just like, now? After we've sold it as a right. finished game. So yeah, we've been pre-ordering it for months as a full game and we've shown it at trade shows and yeah. we've released it. As a full and, full game, yeah. as a one version, that is that is that is out there. We've even patched that version yeah, already. Yeah. What? And yeah. now, I, I, here's my suggestion: is we just very confidently say, uh, "Let me, let me, let me think, let me think." Um, I'm very thankful for all of the uh, the excellent feedback you've given us. Right. Yeah. Um, the we obviously have a long way to go. Right. But this uh, global play test has given us invaluable information that we can use to improve the game going forward. Thank you for supporting us during the global playtest. And you think people are, you know, that that foolish they're going to buy this. I think I think if I we, even look, I think that is look, maybe pushing look, it for us. I think if we say it confidently enough, right. I think I think a lot of people will not question it and it will instead go, "Wait, was this an early access title? Did I just not pay attention to that? Oh, we're gaslighting. Oh yeah, we're gaslighting. Oh right. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We, we want them to go. I'm so embarrassed by having not realized I bought an early access game. Right. Yeah. That like I'm I'm too embarrassed to even Google whether it was an early access. It's their game. fault. Yeah, because like if I Google whether it was an early access game and it says it was an early access game, I'm gonna feel so foolish. I'm just not even gonna Google it. I'm gonna assume yeah, that it yeah. was an early access game. That's on me. Uh, that is on them. Yeah, and they it's on should them. know better. Yeah, they should have known that we were gonna retroactively after release decide it was a global playtest. Absolutely, they should have known that. Foolish, foolish. You are a fucking genius. <laughs> I know. So, <gasps> what are you putting in your ears? It's just been the Pokemon soundtrack. Just the Pokemon soundtrack. This is Pokemon. This is Pokemon. Found people who ripped the soundtrack for Scarlet and Violet already and put it on YouTube, so I sat listening to the Pokemon and Scarlet and Violet soundtrack while writing about Scarlet and Violet. You listened to quite a randomly joint jaunty version of uh, of the original Pokemon theme. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You were you were you were you were you were Pokemoning. I <laughs> I I needed to practice piano because I haven't actually had time to to properly practice piano for a while. And since you were otherwise engaged, I was like, I'm going to get back to trying to learn a piece on the piano. And I found sheet music for the Pokemon theme. It's it's an interesting interpretation of the Pokemon theme. I I, I had to to copy the sheet music into FL Studio to understand exactly what, (laughs) what it all meant.
because I just couldn't work it out <laughs> otherwise. But um, yeah, I'm I'm slowly learning to play the Pokemon theme on piano. Yeah, because I needed a piece to learn. I I I at this point I was like three four days deep into like <laughs> mainlining Pokemon. I kept I kept going. Look, I must. I'm. I'm I've played too much Pokemon. I, it, I, it sounds like Jane's playing Pokemon over there. She's probably not. I'm probably imagining it because I. I'm. I'm hyperfixating, and like I did that like four or five times and was like, "You're Because every time I was like, you, "You'll get to the end of that like little bit." Of, yeah. C B sharp B flat C. Yeah, you'll get to the end of that and then it'll like it'll change probably, and then it kept being Pokemon. I was like, "This is." Pokemon yeah. that you've unannounced started learning. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a lovely day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And by about five PM, I could. Well, I couldn't quite get the the chords because this is me trying to learn to play two handed piano for the first time ever. Yeah. Uh. Well, I well I, I couldn't always time the chords correctly. I I I basically got the tune down. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So that that, that that's the thing. You got to listen to that. Few other people could be so hyperfixated that somebody learning an instrument badly in the same room wouldn't there was, irritate the piss out of them. There was there were there were brand new Pokemon I'd never <laughs> seen doing attacks on the TV. I had a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have you listened to? This is just Pokemon. Just the Pokemon. Yeah. What about you? You're gonna have to carry this segment. I just listened to Pokemon. Um. Uh, well, I wanna, we've been listening to to more the Empty Bowl. This has become yeah. our, our, our white noise go to sleep podcast. Yeah, it's been our little bedtime routine. Uh, and I think we've talked about this a few times. It's been nice that recently, I think for a while there was a, a like some 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 missed weeks uh, or, or missed fortnights because I think it's supposed to be fortnightly. Uh, the Empty Bowl is a, is a very chill podcast where they just talk about cereal. News about cereal. New yeah. cereals coming soon. It's, it's a thing where, like, if I fall asleep mid-sentence, I'm not going to go, oh, no, I missed the end of their conversation. Like, none of it me- matters <laughs> in any way where, like, I'll be annoyed I missed it. Yeah. But that while they're talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm engaged in what you're saying. But if I fall asleep, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And, th- and the fact that we can, like, listen to the, the same now 78 episodes... Yeah. Just it's, on rotation. I, I have exactly the right level of level of and lack of investment. Yep. That it, it fits the perfect bill for going to bed with. Yeah. And they you know, they, it's deliberately supposed to be sort of meditative, so they keep the tone sort of quiet and, and even and it's it's got some like uh wave crashing sounds in the background, it does, so it's very yeah. chill. Uh yeah, and that's that's lovely to do. Uh, the other thing I have been listening to is uh, the new series of SCP Archives. Oh, yeah. Has, has retoined. So, recently we have had SCP-5167 and SCP-5761. Such catchy names. And both of these are titled... Uh, well, it's one episode. This is titled Among Us. I, I've heard of that videoed game. So the first story is about a person who keeps appearing in Among Us games. Is that actually what it's about? Yes. I, I, I was making a random... Just randomly turning up in, in, oh, in lobbies. Okay. 
and that that becomes incredibly suspicious and the foundation basically have this supercomputer that's managed to sort of spot it and and can recognize this this thing and document this thing yeah. and apparently knows more about this thing than any other the second part of the story is international space station is taken over by an entity and the people on the space station are seemingly just going about doing tasks general maintenance stuff <laughs> but every now and again one of them dies Okay, I thought it was a really fucking stupid idea to have an SCP thing about an, a, a, a video that exists in the real world. You've kind of sold me on this <laughs> as being kind of kind of fun. What if there was a dark eldritch god who had observed the game Among Us and was like, now I want to play it with real people in a space station. Yeah. <laughs> you well. will all observe. It's 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 a fascinating two-part story and I'm I'm impressed they managed to get basically those two uh scp numbers which are anagrams of each other yeah. as their entries within the archive i thought that was quite fun the second episode i listened to recently was also a, a two-story thing scp 5733 and scp 6733 suburb slasher okay so, 5733 is about a videotape. Right. If you watch the videotape, it appears to be a pretty low-budget 80s-style horror film okay. by um, Crystal Elms mm -hmm. Productions. Um, yeah, there's lots of references to, like, people in the horror industry and horror movies Yeah. in this episode. And it's almost like a who's who of and, and what's what of, of, of horror just how, how much horror do you know, just for trivia purposes? The principle is pretty simple. There is uh, a young woman and a bunch of her friends, and all of her friends get murdered by uh, the suburb slasher, and she is the final girl, and at the 90-minute mark of this film, she runs down, r runs into the basement, slams the door behind her, and, and runs down to hides in the basement, and looks directly into the camera and goes, hey, it's kind of fucked up that you've been watching all of this. What do I do now? How do I how do I survive? Uh-huh. And the viewer is expected to give instructions to this final girl. Uh-huh. And it's an, a number of stories whereby it's like, okay, we did this test and this person suggested these basic tropes. Uh, there's there's one where they got two people who were like trained martial artists, like uh, and and like fighting experts, mm. to basically around the clock stay up and train her to fight for as long as possible. Okay. And then then try and get her to to fuck up the killer. Basically, there's oh. uh there's and there's various reasons why these things don't work. There's one where they manage to get her to like leave town. And things get really fucking weird. But basically, all of these things sort of fail. And once she as soon as she dies, the tape ejects. Okay. And and there's, there's more to that story I don't want to spoil. Yeah, no, that is a fascinating concept. Fascinating though. concept on its own. That's only half the episode. Uh-huh. The second part is a sequel to that film. 
Okay. So in this one, it's like, oh, we've we found another video. It's it's called like the Suburb Slasher Returns, and it seems to be made by the same people. We currently have like a, a search out in the archive for any databases for facial recognition for any of the characters in in these in this film. Yeah. And, and the other film is like, well, there's no trace of them. We don't know who any of these people are. Like, who any of these actors would have been to have been in this film. In this one, it's a similar sort of concept. The suburb slasher is out there, and he does various killings on various people. And it's the sort of, like, 80s gornography. Oh, and someone's fucking head explodes, or someone gets, like, a drill through uh, a part of the body that I'm not going to mention, because we're just a fun, light-hearted podcast, and I'm, I'm not here to do the horror on you. And they basically get this person to watch the video... Yeah, he's like, oh, it was okay, kind of schlocky, and the experts who are at the archive who know about the other video are like, and 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 did any of this sort of thing happen? Was there any weird interactions that felt like the the protagonist was talking to you? Like, no, nothing like that. And then the next night, weird things start happening to him, oh, and throughout okay. the rest of the story, those deaths happen to people and and uh, uh, foundation staff all around him over the course of like two nights and it's a really fucked up story and they're like yeah we we're just gonna leave that video on the shelf in the archive no one needs to, yeah we, no we don't need to watch look, this we don't need to solve the mystery of this one what if we just don't watch it yeah, and it is yeah. it's archived as safe, and it's safe as long as nobody fucking watches it. Uh-huh. Um yeah, it's a really fascinating pair of stories, and the the first one of those drags a little bit, partly because I think of the way it's written. Rather than dramatizing a lot of the stuff they do there, they do the thing that uh SCPR uh SCP Foundation stories can fall into. A lot of SCP blah 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 slash one does this. At this time, SCP blah 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 does this, and it just yeah. goes. It's repeating the 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 entry name over and over and over again. It's, Please just dramatize something so you don't have to keep saying it. Just use them or the character. Please. The first one suffers from that a lot. The, yeah. the second half of that is way more dramatized and, and way way more interesting. I mean, that is the through. that is the thing you potentially wander into with this format of yeah uh, yeah yeah this sort of yeah. found archive material redacted redacted stuff. But yeah, uh, really enjoying enjoying new stuff and and interested that there's still more fun stories to tell. Yay! And that is everything I've listened to. Well then, back to this. Do you suffer from sad? Does the weight of winter darkness sit heavily on your mood? Try Portasan from Ulaya. It's a small portal to a part of the world with sunshine. Experience warmth, light, vitamin D. It's carbon negative and saves on fuel bills. And that's not all. If you suffer with capitalism, if the weight of unbridled corporate greed sits heavy on your soul, why not add the new magnification lens to Portasun and use your new heat ray to burn capitalism to the ground? Portasun from Ulia. Because it doesn't have to be forever autumn. 
Okay, okay, hi, hi, sir. I'm pretty tired from all the all the changes you've been having us make, but I'm I'm on top of it, I think. Absolute nonsense. I'm sure you're just gonna you're just gonna work a bit harder, bootstraps and all that. Um, okay, well, what did you have in mind? What do you need? Is there a new feature you need me to code or something? Well, I, 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 I'm hearing that we're spending an awful lot of money on, on storage space and, and, and development and things like that. We, go, we, go, we need to find a way to trim some of the fat. Uh, okay, I, I guess you want some kind of, like, new algorithm for reducing image upload size or something? No, 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 no. I, I don't think that's going to do it. So, so, so something more tangible. Where, where can I get a lot of something and just get rid of it? I, I mean, that's not really how it works. Like, What's this over here do? Um, I mean, that's a critical piece of system infrastructure. Like, Which without, means? What does it do? I, 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 it's the net framework that, that makes the calls that gets the new, the, new, uh, the new social posts into the feed. We don't need nets. I'm just going to uh, delete that. Oh, 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 please don't, please don't, please. Anything but that, please. Well, what about this bit over here, uh, then? What does that I mean, do? I mean, that's half of the two-factor authentication. Like, without that... Ah, gone, gone, no, gone, no, gone, with, gone, gone. No, no, please, without that... Gone, the, yes, yes, the codes, delete. But they won't send out Delete it, done. No, no. Uh, yeah, already no, done. Okay, gone. no. Okay, Bloat. Okay. Gone. Okay. No more um, bloat. Okay, I'm glad you don't know about the recycling. What else? Uh, did you need while we were here? Oh, take the trash out. Yes, I'll no, take the trash out. No. Empty, recycle. Oh, yes, no. yes, yes, yes. There uh, we go. All gone. Uh, you've saved an entire three megabytes and everything is broken now. Excellent. Excellent. Three megabytes. Whoa. Whoa. This, yeah, where can we get more megabytes from? Where can, where can, where can I shave some of those off? Um, what about this one? Uh, uh, how how about this? How about this? I'm going to order in a special computer just for you, and you can delete every file on it as much as you like, and that'll help the site. Sounds like expenses. I'm uh, deleting that from the cost. Therefore, I've saved money. Therefore, I'm a genius. Yep, you're a, you're a, you're a genius. I uh, am a fucking genius. Someone should say, I should have someone say that to me a lot. I'm, I am a fucking genius. Uh, yes, that feels right. Feels right. Uh, hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm going off to play with Daddy's emeralds. <laughs> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Oh, Larry, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You even up as much. Oh, you know, I uh, uh, saw, a, saw a post that's had me a bit wound up. You know how yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I saw one of those things being shared as if it was unanimously good news from people who weren't, you know, scratching below the surface. Yeah, I mean, and I suppose that is kind of the point, really, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, so uh, it's uh, Jeff Jeff Bezos. Well, you know how it is, all these billionaires have been saying how bullied they are and how how unpopular they are, and ultimately I think what we know about them, especially if Elon is anything to go by, what they really want is to be liked. Well, is is the thing. So, so, uh... Bezos has said he's going to uh, give away most of his wealth during his lifetime. Billion, yeah. Which, uh, you know, first of all, he's not said a concrete number. Most could be 51% and he could still have 49% of his wealth. You yeah, know, which still, you know, which is still, still seen him you know, money. infinite wealth more than any human should ever have. Yeah. But like, you know... What's actually it, happening, of course, is that he's yeah. funneling into one of his own well, charity foundations. This is what I was going to say, is usually when, you know, uh, char- when, when billionaires do this, they funnel it into charities they own because then it's, you know... R- rather than pay taxes, which they should be doing, where the uh, the voting public has a say in what that money is used for.
for the greater good of everyone yeah. if they put it into their own charitable organization they get to have the power to decide what's done with it yeah, rather yeah. than you know help helping the people have what they actually want yeah yeah you know yeah. and and you know obviously he did start this with with some slight outs out, out, outside charity because i believe he gave 0.0000001% of his wealth to dolly parton yeah which you know for for what it's worth dolly parton has actually been legitimately very good at actually like, actually at, does you know doing a good, lot of work yeah, for a community yeah doing a lot you know as legitimately being very good about giving away our wealth and reading and programs it. and you know actually yeah. using it to you know to help. tangible things yeah 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 but like even beyond that like he said that in theory he's he's going to donate most of this money towards uh, global war uh, fight the fight against global warming all oh, right yeah. uh, and uh, in in his very vague words um up uh, uh, people people who can bring unity across the political divide which sounds a lot like centrists Right, and that's like that's the, you know we we can put. I that... mean, at this point, centrism is relatively left wing. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, if we're actually talking about you know on, on a proper left right divide, yeah, as well... opposed to what we currently have. Well, see, here's the thing: is even look in theory, yeah, you're putting if you do put your money where your mouth is and put money behind the fight for, against climate change, that is great, that is great. But if you've got all this money that you do not need and you're willing to give away, hey, here's what I would suggest, like, first fucking thing. start, yeah. yeah. As, as a start, before you think about the rest of the world, why not start paying your fucking workers a living wage and not making them so overworked they've got to fucking piss in bottles to meet quotas? Yeah. Like, start start from, from, from where you're at and use some of your wealth to, you know have better working conditions and living conditions of the people who work for you in exchange for some of the wealth you've stolen from their, uh, you know, their, their labour. Why not turn Amazon into a workers' cooperative whereby everyone is earning the same wages? I mean, Top you know, one can only dream, but, like, yeah, it's it's it's... It's notable that like he's he's saying he's going to do these big grand gestures and not fixing the problems with his underpaid workers, and, and the... then promptly turning around and, and announcing that he's fired ten thousand workers. Exactly, while union busting out the fucking wazoo. And yeah. like, you know, there's a reason why he's not helping his workers, but he is making grand, vague promises about the environment. It's because one of those is easier to sound like a philanthropic gesture, and the other one requires you to do a good thing for other people's benefit, not because it's a good press release. Yeah, 100%, mate. Ugh, it's frustrating. I fucking yeah. hate billionaires. Yeah, absolutely, you know, absolute fucking parasites. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I hope that more people this time understand exactly what is happening rather than just going, oh, what, what a nice man that Bezos turned out to be. You know, billionaires aren't all bad. Because they are. Fuck them. Yeah. That's how mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, good on me. Good on yeah. Right, I think I'll uh, go and have a little nap. Oh, me too, I think. Yeah. Nice, nice. So, <gasps> you've done book. I've, I've done book. I've done many, many, book. I've done many things. Book is one of the things. Yeah. I've, I've done many books. The most recent one was Me and My Dysphoria Monster. Uh, you can find everything else I do at Laura K. Buzz. What about that book we did together? That book we did together? Well, that's called Who Hunts the Whale? And it's a silly and serious 
satirical book about what it's like to work in the game industry, even if you're not one of the programming type peoples. What is it like to work for Supremacy Software? <laughs> Those people we make horrible jokes about every week that seem to get more and more prescient. <laughs> please, please don't do this to stop, us. Stop taking our silly jokes and doing them for real. Yes. Stop inventing the Torment Nexus. <laughs> no one asked you to invent the Torment Nexus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can get that at unbound.com slash book slash whale. You can pre-order it. You can get signed copies and stuff, and and that's that's I think it's going to print very soon if it's not already. Imminently, imminently. I think we've we've got one last version. At some point soon, we'll show up and we'll look at it, and then it'll go to the printers. Damn excitement, adventure, really wild things. Yeah. Uh, well, 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 I guess me talk about things where I can be found, because you're Laura K. Buzz in all the places. I am Laura K. Buzz in all the places. What about you? Where Twitch, are you? Twitch, what YouTube, Mastodon. All the things, yeah. All the things. Me, I can be found at patreon.com slash radio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week and many other bad life choices. Yay! Yay! Bad life choices! Uh, I have a red bubble. You can get all the cool t-shirts that I've designed. There's a Grim Pleasant Strangers one. There's loads of other cool ones. There's one just Laura jumping out of a butt celebrating butts. Yeah! There's a frighteningly gay shirt. There's a Wealth and Equality Solution shirt. I think I now own pretty much one of every single shirt I've designed. That, that if I is... don't have them here, they have been ordered. Yay! Yay! Uh, you can get all those at janiac.redbubble.com. Linktree is the easiest way to find all of my shit. Uh, linktree.ee slash janiac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Laura! <gasps> will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>